It's time for Pro Soccer Weekly. My name's Phil Nasons. They call me The Flash. We have Gary Lewis and Eric Laurentini, my co-host, on the line in a rough weather day. What's up, fellas? We got big news, though, right? Hey, what's up, Phil? What's up, Heck? Big news. Everybody's good, mate. Everybody's good over here. Big news is the EPL's coming back. Now, that's, that's the biggest news that anyone could ever ask for, right? Uh, well, yeah, I hope so. Um, things are starting to ease ever so slightly over here in the UK. We've eased some part of the lockdown as of Monday this week. I think um, with the weather, the weather's been really good over this, as I was saying before, you know, since the lockdown happened. And um, I think generally we've, um, we've adhered to the, the government guidelines and kept ourselves under lockdown. Some people haven't, but obviously you're going to get that in populations. But, um, you know, I think the, the, the way we've, we've dealt with the lockdown has meant that we can start easing certain sectors of the, uh, the, the working public back into into play as of Monday this week. Now, the the Premier League news is obviously, you know, something that everybody's so keen over here to, to get back up and running. Um, you know, there's still certain issues and certain hurdles and boundaries we've got to pass, um, you know, in terms of how things are going to be done. The players have received 40-page documents um, regarding protocols and you know procedures and, and and different things like that, when they arrive to training grounds, you know they're going to arrive in cars alone. They're going to have their own kit, so they have to take that home and and wash them, which would probably be a first for a lot of uh, Premier League <laughs> soccer players over here. Right. Um, but yeah, you know there's, there's there's lots to speak about over the next um, over the next hour or so. Uh, in terms of the, um, the 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 restart schedule and and, and procedures and protocols, so um, yeah, every, it's give everybody a boost. Don't get me wrong; it's been it's been fantastic, and obviously we're looking forward to the Bundesliga starting again this weekend. Um, obviously, there's been one or two issues that have come up over the last 24 hours, 48 hours or so. But I think you know, the, certainly from my side of the pond, it's been um, it's been a, a positive week in terms of um, the restart. What are you hearing, Eck? What are you hearing over there in Lo- on Long Island about? Are you excited about the Bundesliga coming back? Are you excited about the EPL? Oh, how can you not be? I mean, seriously, what what, what have people been doing for the last two months? A lot of a lot of idle time. Uh, it's exciting to have these leagues back, um, particularly these two, uh, a couple of the more prominent leagues uh, out there. Um, yeah, it's really, really, really exciting. A lot of people that I've been speaking with are 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 beyond themselves with uh, the possibility of sitting down uh, on the weekends and watching matches again. Um, I think it's great. Uh, you know, obviously there's still some some trepidations going forward. You know, as as there should be. Um, you know, just reviewing some things about the English Premier League and, and as Gaz was saying, uh, some of the things that they're going through to ensure uh, safety for the players, for the staff, coaches, uh, etc. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things that, um, that really have to go into uh, 
these leagues starting up again and uh, being able to finish out their season without uh, any any further uh, situations with the coronavirus or anything else that might um, that might bring a stop to the league. But just you know, just a few pointers, particularly with with the EPL, just some statistics. Uh, one of the things that uh, I had read is that they are saying that um, the weekly testing cost is going to run approximately forty thousand um, dollars, just to make sure that the players and the staff uh, and those that are going to be involved on match day um, and the, the training sessions during the course of the week. I mean, that's an incredible cost. Um, and it's an incredible cost to the top tier teams, and it certainly uh, will impact the lower tier teams even more dramatically. How, how is it possible for them to even incur that sort of cost? Um, but again, it's all you know, basically for uh, you know the comfort of the players, the comfort of the people moving ahead, uh, to ensure that there's proper testing, um, uh, you know, in place, and um, you know we can get through this you know, safely without any further interruptions. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I like, too, though, about this is that they're allowing the Premier League anyway. They've confirmed that the contracts that were supposed to expire on June the 30th, they'll be able to extend their agreements until the end of the season. That means you don't have to worry about losing any players, right? Yeah, well, that's something that's um, been discussed. I mean, I think it's only right and fair. I mean, obviously, you know, players certainly in the, at this stage of the season who are up for contracts come the summer, you know, they, they've, they've, they've got a, um, essentially they've got a contract to earn. And then, you know, as we discussed last week, that this, you know, the majority of Premier League footballers um, will not have to work another, another day if they stop now. Uh, having said that, you know, that's not across the whole age range. Um, you know, there's many, many soccer players across the whole age brackets um, involved in, in the game that, that are under, um, you know, the contract discussions and, and things like that. Um, but I, I just want to just touch on what you said before about the, uh, the, the estimated weekly cost. What you've got to think about is the, the Premier League um, and the EFL as organisations have <clears throat> a lot of a lot of money. Um now, from what I'm reading, um, in terms of the costs of the testing and, and things like that, it's going to be done in different ways. Um, there's a lot of soccer teams, and I think we're going to discuss this a little bit later on with the Bundesliga. A lot of teams will be away from families in hotels for a period of time, uh, whether it's seven days, 14 days, however long it may be. Um, so you know, that's that's one way of reducing the the, the risk of infection and, and passing on, etc. Um, but in terms of the, the you know the weekly cost, the, there are provisions in place for that. Um, it sounds a lot of money, and obviously it is an awful lot of money. But compared to um, you know the 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 amount of money that the EFL and certainly the Premier League have, it's it's merely a drop in the ocean. It, it's not really going to be an issue. Um, for the lower league clubs because there are provisions in place um, and you know this is going to be an ongoing thing as well so you know at the end of the day with with no spectators there it will add up and and, and surmount to you know whatever it may be at the end of the um, at the end of the sort of lockdown and behind closed doors situation but I think this is um, this is something that is is obviously needed and a lot of clubs, um, if not all of the clubs, 
are 100% behind. So, you know, that that's um, that's something that, that people need to know. It's not really um, the clubs that are going to be incurring the costs. Uh, there will be subsidies and provisions put in place for um, for the lower league clubs and stuff like that, which is a really good point that you make. Well, it's my understanding that the EFL the leagues one and two are meeting tomorrow or voting tomorrow whether they should resume uh, this season or not. What are you hearing about yeah. that, guess? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 exactly the same thing we're getting over here. Um, it, it's all down to money at the end of the day. Um, in terms of if we forget the coronavirus, if it's, it's all about gate receipts and revenue, people coming through the doors and the turnstiles on a weekly basis when you're talking about the lower leagues, the money is not as big, obviously, um, but it, it has an awful lot of uh, meaning to local communities and um, local local people supporting their own clubs and things like that. Um, so in terms of the, the lower leagues, it's, it's, a, it's a different conversation in terms of how are we going to not just restart, but how are we going to sustain our own businesses, our own clubs, for an extended period of time when we can't have anybody coming through the turnstiles and that anybody are the people that we rely on to pay, pay players' wages. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, interesting um, meeting tomorrow. I, myself personally, um, I, I can't see how the Leagues 1 and 2 will be able to finish with the the amount of costs involved a to open the stadium to obviously get the the security security around the the stadiums whatever policing that might have to have to be in effect obviously that's all that cost and with no revenue coming through the turnstiles how how a club's going to be able to uh, to afford to to open up it's it's as simple as that there are other things that I'm hearing you know of um, you know grants and things like that but when you think about it, clubs are already furloughing uh, the players and the staff in terms of government payments already that will have to be paid back, you know, later down the line. So, you know, does does me opening my stadium and getting games on behind closed doors really um, sustain us as a as a business? And that's how a lot of, a lot of uh, teams are thinking in the lower leagues. Um, you know, obviously in the Premier League and things like that, you have the, the, the TV revenue and things and, and, you know, other sponsorship deals that, you know, as we discussed last week, make up an awful lot of the, the revenue that comes to a club. Bums on seats, turnstile, gate receipts and things like that make up a fraction of, um, of, of your, uh, your budget. So it'll be interesting to see, see how it goes tomorrow, Eck. Well, I'll tell you what, my thing, you know, back to the uh, contracts, there has to be a mutual agreement, though. This is where it could get interesting. That has to be reached on the 23rd of June for the contracts to be extended. So now, what if I don't want to return to, say, for example, Liverpool? I can just say adios, and they have to finish the season without me, right? Well, this is another gray area. Um, I'm pretty sure... You know that that as an example, nobody will be leaving Liverpool. But I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, um, of course, because that's the only thing that the, can come the, to the, my the, head the, today. I'm all yeah, about Liverpool well, today. The, the, well, you shouldn't be, and I'll, I'll explain why in, in, in another podcast uh, or another meeting, <laughs> as you well know. But um, but, I, but yeah, I'm a Manchester I think, guy at heart, though. 
No, well, 100%. Um, I wouldn't think any differently. But um, I think in terms of, you know, let's, let, let's have it right. We're all in a coaching game. We all, we all understand. We've all played, you know, in a professional game and, and what contracts mean and, you know, when my contract's up, how long have I got? Usually at this time of the year, um, if, we, if we sort of go back to um, January, for example, um, a, a lot of players that are out of contract come the end of June um, will have already been told that they're not getting another contract, so therefore they would have had opportunity to go and speak to other clubs, uh, other representatives of clubs or whatever that may be. Um, and players that are going to be offered another contract when they're out of contracts at the end of June will have probably already been told. So it's the younger end that that the issue would be with, um, certainly from... Um, you know the the Premier League point of view. You, you've got to think about there's a lot of lot of youngsters that may be out of contract but are out on loan to other clubs. So they might be at lower clubs in um, in the English pyramid. And we we've also got several uh, English players over in Europe in Germany. Jaden Sancho um, is obviously at Borussia Dortmund. He got his move from um, from Man City uh, a, a while ago. Uh, so he's there permanently. We've we've also got a couple of other boys that have have played in the Bundesliga. There's one from Everton at the moment, John Joe Kenny, who is on loan. So you know you've got to think about how long have I got left on my contract? What does it mean for me if I've already been told, or I've already been told I'm getting a contract? So you know I would imagine these things would have already been put in place and probably brought further forward. Um, with the, the obviously the lockdown and the current situation that we're in, so again, it's a grey area, but it remains to be seen what what happens. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, the, the worst thing that could happen is we bring everybody back, and then they shut them down again. Yeah, I, I agree. It'd be, it'd be catastrophic. It, it really would. I mean, you've got you've got the situation over in Germany now. Everybody's excited. Even, you know, everybody in the UK is excited, as Eric said before, to actually just sit down and watch a game of soccer on the television that's live. Or even if it's not live, it might be recorded, but it's, it's of the day's events. Um, and then we've got, you know, I think it's the Dynamo Dresden team that are, um, that are all in, in quarantine now, having had two or three of their players, I believe, you know, tested positive for, for the virus. Um, obviously, the we're going to come and discuss this later on with the, the Belarusian league that they've all, you know, they've gone all the way through and now, um, one of their, one of their fixtures has been postponed due to one of the teams having, um, you know, two or three tested positive, but they've only actually, the interesting thing for me reading it before is the only postponed that game and allowed the rest of the league to carry on. So again, I would imagine it's going to be based on each individual country's, circumstance, protocol, testing, uh, the science results and things like that, you know, in terms of what them tests, um, um, you know, bring back. So, uh, again, we, we don't know. We're, we're living in this, this new age. So, you know, we can talk till we're, we're, we're blue in the face about what do you think about this, that and the other. I think until we actually see one of the major leagues open up um, and see how they deal, deal with it and use that as the, as the blueprint um, of of how a successful it is, b how much the uh, the the infection rate um, has, has has gone down, or if any, 
any of the players have uh, have actually tested, then you know we can all sort of start moving into the next phase of of, of opening up, maybe letting you know two three hundred people back into stadiums and then increase it and increase it and so on and so forth as you know the results and the science dictate because at the end of the day I think that's what we're all guided by at the moment. So obviously it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It sure will be well, oh, I God, mean, I'm sorry, to, go ahead. To to you to your point, Gaz, I mean, you know, with the Bundesliga coming back this weekend, um, you know, not only is it exciting for anybody who follows the Bundesliga or follows soccer, generally speaking, um, I mean what we're gonna be looking at here is the Bundesliga is going to be the model for all of the leagues to follow. Everybody, you know, all eyes on the Bundesliga, basically. Center stage, uh, the only major league competing. Um, you know, how are they going to do it? How are they going to fare? You know, what are we going to learn from their first week before we kick off in a week or two weeks? Um, I mean, there's, a, there's still nine match weeks left in the Bundesliga. Um, plenty of time for things to go right, time for things to go wrong, Um but again, you know, the first week of the Bundesliga, second week of the Bundesliga are going to show all the other leagues, really. Um, yeah, we can, we, can, we can do this. Now, why is the Bundesliga first to, to come back? Um, you know, when their neighboring uh, leagues uh, from uh, France and Belgium and Netherlands have all ended their season. Um, you know, in dealing with this COVID uh, um, situation, um, they, they responded quite well to to the pandemic um their mortality rate was down uh considerably they started mass testing and continue mass testing um from the very beginning um they've carried out thousands of tests through the uh, german soccer federation for players and staff uh so i think they've done everything they possibly can to show that uh that that they can go ahead and and make this work uh, hopefully the other leagues uh, have have followed in their footsteps, and if in fact that's the case, I think that uh, you know it's going to be an exciting next couple of months figuring out how these uh, leagues are going to fare. Um, you know what teams are going to finish where, who's going to get re- relegated, uh, how they're going to deal with those possible relegations and and promotions, particularly if some of the younger leagues don't finish out their season. I mean the um, the lower leagues don't finish out their season. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. And I mean, if you just remotely like sports, you're, you're buying into, you know, how this is going to work because ultimately when they come back and they're successful in coming back, that's going to help set the tone for how other parts of the economy, other parts of the world, other businesses can also come back. Uh, I, I just think the next couple of weeks is going to be uh, amazing and exciting. It should be. Um, the Bundesliga is coming back. Uh, you know, one thing that I, I've been paying attention to is the Korean Baseball League. And we're doing pretty well over there. Uh, cast with Flash. Best bets, anyway. Um, they were going to shut it down for three weeks if anyone tested positive. Thus far, no one has. But in Seoul, Korea, the uh, COVID cases are rising again. There's another spike. And that's why I'm so cautious about this. But the German Bundesliga will be back. And here's the great thing, folks. We're going to have our picks made available at some point tomorrow. That'll be Friday around noon Eastern, 1 o'clock Eastern. And I'm going to, or we're going to give those away for you 
for free at philnasonshow.com. The only thing we ask is that you subscribe to the site so that you can get our newsletter. But we've got this Bundesliga, and one of the interesting things, and I guess it's because the guys aren't probably in as good a shape as they were when they left or when things stopped, but they're going to allow five subs instead of three. What is Now, how does that make a difference for a team? Would that mean the deeper teams probably have a better chance of winning or have an edge? I wouldn't say so, Phil. I think when you when you put things into perspective, um, the, the players have obviously had their own home training regimes. Um, obviously, they've been back in training for you know a week or two now. Um, so I would imagine basic fitness would would still be there uh, naturally. But when you think about going into these sort of you know unprecedented circumstances where you're going into a game. I think fatigue is going to be one of the uh, one of the major factors um, as we as we sort of experience and you know tread carefully into this new way of um, of watching soccer. So I think this is purely from a, a health and safety point of view. If I'm honest, you think about how many people um, have have been sort of doing their own training, not explosive training. Um, or maybe only explosive training and, and game-related training for you know a short period of time. Then you've got to think factor in how many injuries players are going to pick up and how many uh, substitutions can we can we use uh, based on you know a my centre forwards looking really tired, um, my right backs injured, whatever it may be. I think this is a sensible approach. Uh, in terms of the, the, the health and safety of, of the players as we move forward. And I would imagine that would probably go back to traditional sort of three subs once, as Eric says, the blueprint is, is there, you know, the, the positives and the negatives from the Bundesliga reopening. Let's see how it, how it goes. Um, you know, I completely agree with what Eric was saying in terms of they, you know, they, they dealt with the, the forget soccer for, for a second, they dealt with this this pandemic um, in a in a swift manner, which has obviously allowed them to start getting back to some kind of normality, uh, and obviously, therefore, the, the the Bundesliga is now now up and running. But I think um, from the five subs point of view, I think it's a fantastic idea. I really do. Um, you know, it gives everybody a little bit more um, sort of thought of safety. You know, a little bit more confidence in. And, and knowing that, you know, they don't really have to get through games if they're not feeling great or, you know, whatever may happen in a game. There's five five substitutions, five changes that can be made. Um, so I, I think it's a positive move. I think it's a, a sensible move as well. I agree 100%. So we have the Bundesliga, and they'll be back. What, shut, what shuts that league down? What makes them stop? That's the... That's the thing I've been hearing from people all over the place is what happens if I start getting into it and that goes away again too. How does the Bundesliga close its doors? Well, I, think, I don't. I don't. Go sorry. Go I ahead. Think that they're gonna. I, I don't think that they're gonna. That they're gonna deal with that. I, I think that they're gonna make it through. Um, I think that they're going to. If any isolated cases 
uh, should come about or any concern, they're going to immediately isolate them from anything else, continue the testing, redo testing, you know, and uh, I, I don't think that with the, with the limited people uh, in participation or attending the matches or, or involved uh, on a day-to-day basis with the running of the clubs, uh, I, I don't really think that the exposure is all that, that great. It seems to me that these people are going to be getting tested on a, on a weekly basis. So, I mean, they'll be able to, you know, realize immediately if, if there are any cases out there and, uh, and handle it accordingly. Uh, I think that they'll be able to quarantine and separate. Uh, and um, I think they're going to be able to make their way through nine, nine weeks. I think they can do it. See, I think the interesting part about this, Eck, and I agree 100% with what you're saying, is that the players are in hotels at the moment. They're away from the families. They're sort of, you know, loosely quarantining, if you like. They're all together. They've all been tested. Everybody's ready to go. And they're all in, the, they're all in their own little bubbles, um, every team. So I think, again, that takes away, you know, the risk factor, first and foremost, of, of going to training, coming home, going to your family, um, you know, your wife may have been to work and, you know, how, how, how the infection spreads. But I think the um, the the idea of, of sort of secluding the, the, the players into hotels out of the way, um, all together, all tested, all, all negative, um, why shouldn't they then sort of go and do whatever they're doing and things go hopefully according to plan. I think it's a really good idea what they've, uh, what they've done over there. Um, you know, the interesting thing I was looking at the other day is um, the Fortuna Dusseldorf manager, Uwe Rosler, who's um, well known to, to the Manchester area. He used to play for Manchester City. I've spent some time with him down in London when he was manager of Brentford. Um, and he's a, he's a fabulous guy. Um, he's, he's recovered from cancer um, many, many years ago. Um, but he, the interesting thing that is what he said, he's, he's really excited to come back, but there's a lot of nerves. So I think obviously, you know, the current climate that we're in creates that sort of nervousness, trepidation, as you say, Ek. um, because, you know, at the end of the day, this is the first major league to, to reopen and, you know, they're on the camera, they're on camera the, this is going to be, you know, the, the test, the rerun, let's, let's see how it goes. What can we learn from from Germany and the Bundesliga opening up again? And I think as as that happens, and and you know, do I, I I agree with you, Eck. I think it, I think they're going to have no problems. I, I really do. Such an efficient country over there. They'll have the best measures in place um, in terms of social distancing and things like that. But creating that environment where players can go and play soccer um, in in the safest possible way. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I really am, and I'm 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 actually really excited uh, to see a, a live game of soccer. I really am, you know. So it's something else to talk about rather than you know the doom and gloom that we're all in at the moment. Um, so you know, I I, I think I think this will this will be a success. I really do. I think it could be. That's for sure. Okay. So speaking of success, we had some fun last week with the Belarus League. Made some picks. I didn't. I, I did. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric went with three and one. Bravo. Yeah. Uh, I went one and three, which wasn't fair. And, uh, Gaz, what did you do? 
Um, not so well. I think um, out of the eight games, I think we've got three right and five catastrophically wrong. <laughs> and that's easy to so do. So I would say it, for, for the soccer guy uh, who's living in England and, and, and Europe, uh, I think that's pretty poor. It's time to get your ass in gear. I would say so. Um, I you know, so. I, me and Eric, me and Eric are very competitive, as you well know. Yeah. And I'm, um, I'm not best pleased about the, uh, the the current results situation. Oh, um, I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to better myself this week. See, I'm pretty competitive <laughs> too, and, and I'm furious. But at least I called the draw, which was like what plus four hundred. I mean, who calls a draw? Who calls a draw? I do. <laughs> and, and I took it at four hundred. So technically, if you followed my picks, you actually came out ahead. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's why I have no money, money in my wallet this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So at least one of us does. You know, they're sending stuff. Yeah. Hey, you know, this. Is, I, I tell you guys a funny story about these, about efficiency. You bring up efficiency in Germany. This is why I don't have a whole lot of hope for United States stuff. There are, there are kids in the UK that I worked with in Maine. They were there for eight weeks, the camp counselors, who received stimulus checks. And I know senior <laughs> citizens and people on Social Security who haven't gotten anything yet, and they live here. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. But we have the Belarus. Oh. We have the Belarus, and we have a few uh, games to talk about today, a little bit, just some picks. And there has been, as we mentioned before, the FC Mins and the uh, Nem Grochik. There, whatever that team is, I'm trying to read it off the betting sheet, and they're not doing me any favors here. Well, this is the team that I backed, as we said on last last week's post. Oh, right. This was a team that really, really close to my heart. Oh yeah, <laughs> Minsky Grodno, yeah, Grodno. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that and, was and the I game I had they, to draw. They at the first fence. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Okay, and then you know, and I was talking a lot of smack right after. If you remember, right? I was saying, uh, wouldn't I it be funny if I went four and zero? Yeah, well, I'm laughing today. You know, it's, it's okay because well, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, well, we we're it's our time to shine this week. Okay, so right. we've got Zodino go. and Gordea, Goradea. Who are you guys like in that? Who do you, hey, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I can definitely start with this. Um. You know, uh, Zadino's uh, de- defensively quite stingy. Um, they've only given up two goals in their last five games. That's right. Uh, they haven't been scored on. They haven't been scored on at home. Uh, and uh, Gorodea is just having difficulty scoring. So that is a, a good recipe uh, for a torpedo Zadino win. So if I had to pick a winner, uh, I'm going with the with the Zadino. Uh, I do, however, think that. Um, the under two and a half goals is probably the best pick of them all, as far as this match is concerned. It's now that uh, hey that over under total at Bovada is now two goals. Does that change the way okay. you pick? Um. Yeah, you know what? It's probably then just a straight up pick for uh, Torpedo yeah. to uh, just to win the game outright. Well, Torpedo screwed us over last week. Well, I'm sorry they got me. <laughs> True. Okay. All right, Gazzy. What do you got in this game? Well, as Eric said, um, you know, Torpedo, uh, I think they're third in the league. Um, 
started off with a with a a loss in their in in their first couple of games, and then they've steadily sort of um, mixed their results in terms of wins and draws. I think they've had two wins and uh, and three draws. Um, not averaging the biggest points per game total at the moment. Um, you know, I think it's something like one one eighty eight um, points per game. Um, however, you know that being said, they sit third in the league. Um, it looks as though their um, the form is relatively consistent. Um, Gorodea, they 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 over the last six games, when you look at their form, have been flying. Um, you know, on paper it looks you know they've had three wins, a loss, and two draws. Um, but they're averaging 1.38 per game. So I would um, I would agree with Eric here. I think Torpedo um, are starting to hit a little bit of form from what we're seeing. So I would go with um, a Torpedo Zadino win. I like that. You know what, Torpedo? I am pissed at them for losing last week. Or drawing or whatever they did. <laughs> you know what? I like the name Torpedo a lot. I wouldn't mind seeing a Torpedo hit Donald Trump's house. But that's neither here nor there. You know what? At the end of the day, I'm going with. Can I? Can I? Can I send one? Yeah, I wish you could. See, they have to. If I say it out loud, they'll come and arrest me because we're not allowed that sort of thing. Talk like that. Now, here's what I think. Yeah, well, you know what? It is what it is. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Desperate and, measures. And here's what I think. This has got to be a desperate time for me. To go back to the well. So you're gonna call. So you're gonna call a desperate measure. Yeah, I'm gonna take Zordino at minus one sixty. You know, I wanted to take Gordea just because you know they pissed me off last week, and I figured four fifty, nice. But here's why: you don't do those things. That's stupid. It's the same thing as when a handicapper recommends to you anything minus two hundred or over. They're fools. You don't follow them. So we can't leave Gorday alone. If they win this game, God bless them. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to take Zordino, but I'm going to go with the over because I know that the Torpedo boys, they're pretty stout with the defense. But I think they're going to score two goals. And I don't see how Gordea doesn't score at home. Come on. You got to score at home, right? Their mothers are watching for God's sakes. <laughs> oh, nobody. Well, I mean, if you put it like if you put it like that, Phil. I mean, who would bet against them? Well, well, you know what? The <laughs> moms can only go so far, though. Well, that's very true. Uh, hopefully, as far as Zodino. Hopefully, this way we got a winner here. <laughs> all right, so that's the first game we got out of the way. So to wrap that up, we've got we're all in the same boat with torpedo. <laughs> and I went over to excuse me. Yeah. I think that's the crazy one. So we got our next bet. Our next our next game, we've got Energetic BGU Minsk and Dynamo Breast. Who are you all like in this one? Well, I have uh, – it's going to be a good one. I mean, Energetic is uh, sitting fourth uh, while Dynamo Breast is sitting sixth. Um, only two points separating um, – these are two early title contenders, you know, for uh, for for the um, for the league. They're right there, um, just outside, and and uh, you know, one of them could make a good move up with a win here. Um, Energetic came off a big win uh, 
last week versus uh, Slutsk, uh, which uh, was sitting at the top of the table uh, prior to that match. Um, they scored two goals, both from the penalty spot. Uh, I doubt that there'll be a clean sheet in this game. I, I, I believe that both teams will score. Uh, Dinamo's uh, away record is strong, winning nine of the last 11. I have Dinamo coming away with the win here. All right. What do you got, Gazzy? I think I'm going to go the other way. Um, I think I'm going to correct it. I'm going to correct Eric here Ooh. and say uh, energe- energetic actually sitting fifth. Um, as I'm reading, so this is a fifth v sixth clash according to my data. So, um, as Eric always says, that being said, and he's already up on me <laughs> in terms of picks. Right. Um, I think Energetic being the home team, um, you look at their average of uh, points per goal is up similar to Zodino's in terms of um, you know the points per goal, uh, sorry the points per game up, being up near the uh, sort of two two points per game uh, average. Uh, Brest were a little lower in the sort of one sixty three per game uh, area. Looking at the form. Energetic, I think this this is you know I agree with Eric. These are a team that are that are on the up. Um, you know the the last five six results. You know you've got uh, three wins, a couple of losses in there, but the last two games have been wins. Um, Dinamo Brest again. You know you could argue the same in terms of you know a loss, a win, a couple of losses, and then two wins back to back. So I think this is the uh, I think this is one of the uh, the better games. Um, looking at the table, looking at the the recent form, um, looking at the amount of clean sheets that they've had, you know, in terms of uh, home games, I think it's thirty eight percent for uh, energetic. Um, away games is the same. Um, Dean and Brest have got a slightly lower percentage, uh, obviously being the away team. So I think energetic would probably just edge it. I'm going with energetic home win. There you go. That's a good call right there. You know, um, I was with you there until about 10 o'clock this morning. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, Did you get a call from their president or something? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I have some inside information. Phil, you need to bet on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I have some inside information. The president called and said he's going to bench half uh, the team. Oh, here we go. Yeah, he said, he, he, he's gonna, he said they got some COVID issues, but they're not going to tell anybody until the game. Um, at the end of the day, I got nervous. So after I got that call, I got real nervous. And I said, you know something? If Minsk, Minsk is a team that lost to Sluts last week, right? Because that was another team that Correct. killed me last week. Sluts. Killed us, yeah. Yeah. But I had a draw, yeah. and they, they, they scored. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play the draw. I like the way both teams are playing. Energetic is starting to come up, right? They are. And, yeah, and, yeah, I, I believe so. And Dinamo, Dinamo's on the road. I'm not so sure how they're going to play on the road. You know, it could be interesting. In this league, you never so you're know. you're going for the draw. I'm going for the draw. I think it's going to go 1-1, and I think that's what it's going to finish. And I'm going to play it at plus 275 because i got to make up some for some lost time here. 
Okay. <laughs> you, you, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was so so to wrap that one up. I mean, I'm 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 in deep water yeah. without a paddle. Yeah, that's a <laughs> big moment. You know what? Eric 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 sitting on the lifeboat at the top of the uh, the water. Holding all the cards, so I, and I, I'm not, I'm not too happy with that, Phil. So, so I'm gonna bring, let, you know, let's let's crack on, and let's let's do something here. I think I need to throw a six pack of Corona <laughs> on his boat. Sorry, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, a uh, six pack of Corona or a six pack of dynamite. I know which one I'd throw. Yeah, yeah, I, I know some places I like to take that dynamite too. Believe me. Um, yeah, well, what, what, listen, when we're when we're on the way to the White House, we'll stop by Eric's little river. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, now. We gotta get out of the country. We gotta get out of the country fast, though. The great thing is, is we have passports. We'll be all right. Um, here's what we got next. Here's what we got next. We've got Shaktior, Sologorsk. I tried to pronounce that right. And Slavia Mozir. This one's a good one. Shakhtar's at home. They're minus two fifty, and then you got a plus six hundred favorite. That's a crazy game. What do you guys like in this one? Shakhtar. Slavia, um, yeah, that's a mid table, ba mid table battle. Um, you know, both teams only separated by a point or two, I think, something like that. Um, finding the back of the net, you know, so I think there's something like two point five goals per per game. Um, you know, that that would probably be your best bet if you you, you know you, you're looking at the goals per game. Right. Um, I think Shakhtar are, are, are unbeaten in the in the last 19 versus Slavia. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I think looking at current form as well, um, I think I think this this can only go one way, and um, I'm going with a home win. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What do you got, Eck? I'm on board with that Shakhtar to win at home, and uh, I think there's going to be uh, the two and a half uh, over is going to be in play here. Ah, see, that's a good play. See, because minus 250 is a tough one because I hate to see people lose behind that. But I like the over in this one, too. I really like the over. I think this is going to be a goal fest. You know, you speak about Slavia losing 19 straight times to Shakhtar. <laughs> this reminds me of a uh, Well, uh, listen, listen, uh, you know, you, you look at that and, you know, at some point with the laws of averages, I mean, I would have imagined if they said that when it was, you know, 10 wins. But you know, at some point, the law of averages would would suggest that um, Slavia have have got to win one of these games. I mean, you, you know, they're they're only a couple of positions behind. So um, you never know. You never know. This is why I love the Belarusian league at the moment. I'm having so much fun with these guys. Yeah, exactly. But see, for me, I can't do that. Now, v, back the story I was going to tell you. Vitas Gerolaitis had lost. Vitas Gerolaitis was a great tennis player from Long Island, from Douglaston, Queens. Um, great player, great player. Uh, he had lost to Bjornborg 19 straight times, or 18 straight times. And then he finally beat him on number 19. And you know what he said? He goes, nobody beats Vitas Gerolaitis 19 straight times. <laughs> uh, with that being said, I don't think Slavia is in the same boat. I think they're in the in the Corona Tide <laughs> boat. <laughs> Well, let's let, let's hope they're in the same boat as Eric. Well, let's hope we let's hope they score some it. damn goals because I'm going with the over in this one. That's what I'll do. I'm going with the over. I wouldn't. I wanted to go with the other with the underdog, but it was too tough for me. I couldn't do it. Now, here's one we've got. This one here is an interesting one. We've got Belsha, 
Belshina Babruisk because the game, the Borisov Sluts game, that's that spread is too much. We can't touch that. People bet that and lose, they'll hate us forever. We don't want that. But this Belshina Babruisk and FC Vibitsky. Vibits? Whatever. They're both this this is a game that you if you get it right, you're gonna make money. Both of them are on the plus side of the equation. Who you like? Who goes first? Eric, it's your turn. Go. My turn to go first. Okay. Uh, Belshina, let's start with them. Can you can you say relegation? <laughs> that's where they're that's where they're headed if they don't write this ship. Um yeah, I, I just don't think that uh, they, they're winless in their last 10 home matches. So the home field advantage here isn't really an advantage for them. Um, Vitebs coming off of uh, a bad week uh, last week is looking at this as a bounce back opportunity. Um, I don't think they're going to get a better chance playing uh, Belshina. Uh, Vitebs is only averaging half a goal in their away matches, however, so it won't be an easy win for them, but I'm still going with the tests for the win. Nice. Gazzy, what do you got? Well, like Eric says, I mean, you look at the, the, the form of, um, of Belshina. Um, I, I mean, it's as pretty close to doom and gloom and relegation <laughs> as you can possibly get. Right. You know, I think yeah, the last three, the last three games. Um, and what you've got to remember here is it's, it's quite a tight league. You know, there's not that many points between sort of top middle and bottom. Um, or bottom and middle as well. So you know they're they're in, I think they're in free fall at the moment. Um, I think they're averaging point twenty five points per game, which you know other than zero is 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 pretty low. Um, Eric obviously called the the Vitebsk draw last week. You know, so um, he was high fiving the wife and the kids all around the, uh, the the swimming pool on Long, on Long Island last week, I believe. Um, <laughs> But I couldn't agree more with him. I mean, I just don't see anything other than um, uh, a Vitebsk win away from home. So I'm going with Vitebsk away. Oh, that's a nice play. You know, this one here, Belshina. I was trying to figure out a way they could win, and I just, I guess I'm just not smart enough. Um, but they are at home, and that's not a bad thing. But Vitebsk is much better, uh, much better, at least currently. In better form. So I'm going to go with Vitesk, and I'm also going to go with the over. Because I, I have this funny feeling that Vitesk on the road is going to get score two goals. And I think that Belshina may score a goal, and that'll give them three goals, and that'll give us the over. So that's what I'm going to do here. Now we've got two more games to go, boys. Dynamo Minsk and Islak Minsk. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, this this is this is um, obviously <clears throat> one of the Minsk derbies. That's right. Um, I'm not sure how big Minsk is, you know, in relation to sort of other other major cities. But um, you know, there are several teams based out of Minsk. Um, you know, pretty similar to London, I would imagine. Um, I think Dynamo at home, they're sitting 13th at the moment. Um, Islock are out there in. Um, in, in fourth, um, so listen. I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in um, you know when when derby games. Certainly from my own experience over in the UK, uh, your Liverpool, Everton, Manchester United, Man City, uh, you know Tottenham, Arsenal. They, you know the, the form 
goes out of the window. Um, however, you know that being said, um, I think both teams have got similar stats in terms of form. You know, there's there's, there's, there's some wins um, and 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 some losses. I think it's it's average three wins, three losses uh, for both teams, give or take. Um, very little draws, so there's always goals scored in games. Um, Minsk are obviously averaging. So I think it's something like 1.10, 1.3 points per game. They're the home side. Um, other side of the coin, Ithlok are probably at the, you know, at the top of the points per game table um, with one, 188. However, with Dynamo Minsk being at home, um, I'm going to go with Dynamo Minsk. I'm going to go with Dynamo. I'm going to take um, a punt. I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to... Um, give them a little bit of um, <clears throat> hopefully give them a little bit of backing um, and hopefully they can win this Minsk duel so I'm going to put my hat out there I'm, go- I'm going to go with Dynamo Minsk Okay, Eric who do you like in this game? Well I mean to Gaz's point uh, you know you've got uh, Islak is, is, I mean they're in fourth fifth place but they're only sitting a point off the top of the table Um you know, it's very tightly contested, even from, I would say, 13 to, you know, third, fourth spot. They're all, you know, within five, six points. So early in the season, you know, there's, you know, any any game can really go any way and you can get any any result and move yourself up that table uh, and be right in the mix of things. Um, I'm feeling good about uh, Dinamo at home. I'm going with them as well. There you go. Look at that. Two, you both have. Seriously. Oh yep. my god! I can't believe that. I can't. He's jumping. On, he's jumping on my bandwagon because if he, if 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 he if he, if he matches my results, he's still going to be way ahead of me anyway. Come this time next week, Eric. Honestly, when I see you, uh, I'm telling you. Yeah, how about that? I guess you know what though. But because he's hot, it's a good thing he agrees with us. I happen to one hundred percent. I do the same. I, I, I'm not going to go against this one. I was trying to find a way for Islak Minsk to win. Because plus three ten is a nice pick. It's really nice okay. money. Yeah, plus three ten is good. That's really good. You know, you get three hundred bucks for a hundred bucks. It's not bad. But they're not going to win this derby. Not at, not on the road. They're not. And they're a good team. But they're not a. This is a derby. This is a little different. You know, tennis players we don't really have them because you know no one ever plays at home. Uh, I guess Roger Federer does at Wimbledon. I guess that's home for him now. But uh, I got to go with Dynamo Minsk. Only because the home team is going to win this one. I, I think it's going to be a 1-0 game, and I think Dinamo Minsk is going to do that. They're going to leave Islak sad, unhappy. They'll be brutalizing their players' locker room. The dressing room, the visiting dressing room is going to get destroyed there because they're going to be pissed because they blew it. They're going to lose one nothing. So we're all in agreement then with Dynamo Minsk. All right, we got the last game here. We got Ruck Brest, and we got Smolovici STI. Last game of the day, boys. Go ahead, Gazzy. Okay, so uh, I, I mean, yeah, if we if it was one word answers, this would be uh, Brest, um, as Eric alluded to before with uh, Belshina. Um, can we start talking about relegation after seven eight games? And um, I think we found another candidate. Right. Uh, they've got they've they've got exactly uh, the same amount of 
um, results over the last six as Belshina. So you, you're looking at it, one loss, two draws, where we thought we were they were picking up, and then uh, they've they've they're sort of in free fall again. The last three games, um, you know, three losses. I think they're only above Belshina on uh, on goal difference. Um, so yeah, this this for me, um, you know, Smolovice. I hope I'm doing them justice. Um, you know, they don't travel well at all. Points per game, you know, in the sort of lower sort of one, I think it's 0.38 per game. Um, 12% of games, clean sheets, which is, you know, obviously they, they, they have some, some kind of defensive issues um, and not scoring regular goals at all. So I can only see one winner here. Um, you know, let, Rook are not in, 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 in the best of form. Um, I think they've only had one win in the last six, um, a couple of losses, but predominantly um, drawn games. So uh, with them being at home, eighth in the table, Smolovici, they're fifteenth. I think um, this this all points to a, a breast win. I like it. What do you think, Eric? What I think is that uh, he agrees with Gareth. Is what he thinks, Phil. <laughs> no, no, no. And his no, research like today has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, I'll go on record as saying that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Th- thank you. But I, I might just surprise you with this. Here's 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 my oh. interpretation of how this match is going to go. Okay. <laughs> Snooze fest. Here we are. <laughs> that that is true. Go- goals. Neither one of these teams know how to score them. They're, they're very far and few between for these two clubs. Right. So, one, I'm expecting a low-scoring match. Uh, Rook Brest uh, has managed three draws in their last three matches. Uninspiring football, for sure. Uh, they need to find a way back. Um, Smolovici has not won a match this campaign and sits with only three points, second to bottom. I don't think Brest will find their winning way, though. In this game, I'm actually calling for a draw. Wow, that's a big. You're going for a draw. I am going for a draw. Wow, that's a big call. I was going to do that. I think he's doing that. I I, I think he's doing that just to be different, and uh, you know, he's already he's already got he's already got he's already got results in the bag from last week. So I think he's um, I think he's throwing that out there because he's got a wild card to play. Yeah, I think he knows something. Maybe he got the call from the president. Maybe they. Maybe Perhaps. somebody told him that Smolovici was going to lay down on the road. You never know. <laughs> when you're a plus 290 Perhaps. dog. You know, but if you're going to fix that match, the team you want to get in the tank is Rook Brest because you make a lot of money off Smolovici, boy, if you could do it. Yeah, Not 100%. saying that that's, that's going to happen, of course. It just We're just opining. Okay, so now, let me see. You guys, I, I don't like the draw here because they don't score. And this is weird because when I started researching the Belarusian League, the first thing I learned or was told anyway about these teams is that none of them play defense and they score lots of goals. Well, you can't prove that by me. So I don't know. Maybe I could score a goal in that league. I don't know. Maybe I need to go play in that league since there's since the American League's nothing's happening. I'm going with Brest in this game. And here's why. I got to take the home team. Minus 105 is a good price. Obviously, someone thinks that Smolovici is really bad. Outside of Smolovici, that probably is a common belief. 
go with the breast team. <laughs> Take it at minus 105. And, and you know what? Good luck, everyone out there, for real. This has been a great show, great fun as always. Remember, from Friday, we're going to have our Bundesliga picks out there. We're going to give them to you for free this time. You're going to have to sign up for the site in order to do it. After that, we're going to start charging because, you know, we put a lot of work into this. You know, it's a nice thing to give out lots of money, but it's also nice to get paid for your work. For Eric Laurendini and Gary Lewis, I'm The Flash. Thanks for listening to Pro Soccer Weekly.